Good morning. Welcome to Memorial for Worship. This is our contemporary worship service, and we are so excited to have you here this morning. It's a special, special day. So let's start this day with a song. Let's stand up and sing together. This is called I Will Rise. My heart and flesh may fail There's an anchor for my soul I can say it is well Jesus has overcome And the grave is overwhelmed The victory is won He has risen from the dead And I will treat of the morning, what everybody's really been waiting for. If the kids would come on up and join Miss um, Katie for their first song of the morning. 
and Miss Cindy and everybody else, if you want to be seated, there are words on the screen so that if you want to sing along, you can. Don't go too far, guys. Um, it's time for the children's sermon with Susanna Clute. I uh, should have got up here quicker, but I didn't. Sorry about that. So come on back up here. so much for that wonderful song. It was so wonderful. I really enjoyed that. It seemed like you guys had a great week with Vacation Bible School. Today we're going to talk about a special day. Does anyone know what today is? Sunday. That's very good. It is Sunday. Yes. But today is Pentecost Sunday. Does anyone know what that means or what has happened on that day? Well, today is Pentecost Sunday, and Pentecost is a celebration. It is 
the great festival that marks the birth of the Christian church by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Pentecost means the 50th day, and it's celebrated 50 days after Easter. So today is the 50th day after Easter, so that's how you can kind of remember it. And Pentecost means 50. So what happened today was 10 days after Jesus ascended into heaven, the 12 apostles, Jesus' mother and family, and many other of his disciples gathered together in Jerusalem for the Jewish Harvest Festival that was celebrated on the 50th day after Passover. While they were indoors praying, a sound like that rushing of the wind filled the house where they were praying, and tongues of fire descended and rested over their heads. This was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the human flesh, and this was promised by God. The disciples, they were suddenly empowered, empowered to proclaim the gospel of the risen Christ. On this day, they celebrated by going out and spreading the good news of, of God. And this last week, my family and I, Laura, Natalie, and Mr. Bill, we were on vacation, so we weren't able to celebrate Vacation Bible School, but we were with you in spirit. And we went to the beach, and one of the ways that came to mind while we were at the beach relaxing and just having our minds refresh is to help you with something that I found while we were at the beach. It's a sand dollar. And this sand dollar, some of you may have heard this before, but this kind of reminded me, if you have not heard of the legend of the sand dollar, someone has written that, yes, you've heard of it. And this is one way that you can probably use to help your family, your friends, to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And I'm gonna read the legend of the sand dollar and I also have brought one for each and every one of you. Now, Miss Katie will give one to you after service today or when you guys are done singing, okay? I didn't want you guys to have your hands all tied up while y'all were singing. So you guys will get one, okay? But be very careful because they're very fragile. If you've, if you've held one of these, if you drop it, it chips very easily. So just remember that when you pick it up, okay, from Miss Katie. So it goes like this. If you examine closely, you'll see that you'll find here four nail holes. That's right. Four nail holes and a fifth one made by a Roman spear. On one side, the Easter lily. Its center is the star that appeared upon the shepherds and led them from afar. The Christmas poinsettia etched on the other side reminds us of his birthday on happy Christmas tide. Now break, let me get this one because this one is one that we found broken. Now break the center open and here you will release the five white doves awaiting the spread to spread goodwill and peace. This simple little symbol Christ has left for you and me to help us spread his gospel through all eternity. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful day and for all the things that you have created on this earth so that we may find some ways 
different things that you've created to help spread your word to those who do not know it. In your name we pray. Amen. Let me see if I can get uh, Katie's help to, uh, on, on something. I want to say thank you to lots of people that worked in Bible school this week. Um, you got a list? I saw something in your hand. I just know whether you... Let's see. I, I just want you to make sure you don't leave anybody out. Joy Hudson did all of our artwork. I don't know when she has time to be a physician. <clears throat> Or if I could paint like that, as well, and that may be what I would do instead. But anyhow, that's wonderful. Um, uh, Jessica Krim and Cindy Davis. And Zoe Spearman led the music for the week. Please, go ahead. Okay. Um, let's see. Crafts was Brandon and Rebecca Billet and Katie Lavender. Um, the women from the UMW circle, Magnolia circle, the Magnolia ladies did our snacks for the week, um, and the kids loved that. Recreation was led by Rob and Melinda Greenlee and Jay Smith and Eric Jeter. And then our teachers were Kelly Watson and Mandy Bullock White um, led our one and two year old class. Um, our three and four year old class were led by Diane Arthur and she had lots of help. That was a huge class. Um, Megan Yant and Carol Scudder and Ann Culberson and I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out. Um, our kindergarten class was led by Dave Hudson um, and Jennifer Dorn. And our elementary class, which was another huge class, was led by Bobby and Kim Shannon and their helper was Sherry Williams and Kenna Brannon. And I'm sure I'm leaving some more names out. But we I've had over days. 30 volunteers this week. So thank you so much for making this week so much fun for the kids. I knew she would do better on that than I would do. And I also want for you, on behalf of you, to say thank you to Katie. who. Uh, <clears throat> Make no mistake about it, uh, wouldn't have been a good Bible school at all without uh, uh, the right person at the top of the, of the uh, food chain, <laughs> of the work chart, and uh, we really appreciate you, Katie, for all that you do. Uh, by the way, speaking of Bible school, uh, I am told, I haven't seen it myself, but I am told that down the street from us that First Prez is having Bible school, and they have a gaudy, ugly, nasty, tacky sign in their yard like we did. All right, all right. <clears throat> little little uh, Independence Day celebration there. Okay, it is good to see all of you here today, and glad that if you're visiting with us that you've chosen to, to come here. And thank you for entrusting your children to our care, and we trust that we have been a a faithful partner of yours in helping the children grow in their understanding of the love of God expressed to us all through Jesus Christ. 
And we would invite you to continue to participate in the life of this church as you're able to do so. You're always welcome uh, to be here. One of the things we do at this service is to ask you for any prayer concerns that you have. And I will uh, lead us a few moments in prayer. If you have a prayer concern, if you would like to write it on the card so I can read it, would you raise your hand? And our ushers have index cards to pass out to you. And uh, if you'll write something down that I can repeat, I will share that uh, with you. And we will all join you in a time of prayer for the concerns that you have. Announcements for today. We had a great week at Shake It Up Cafe. Uh, check online at greerchurch.com for pictures of our good week. Uh, wonderful Wednesdays begin this week, June 15th, with Western Day. Kids are invited to join Ms. Katie and Miss Leanna at the church from 9 to noon for fun and games. Wear your boots and hats and come out for some cowboy fun. Contact Katie to register. We will have our second family fun day at the lake on Sunday, June the 26th at Lake Robinson. Uh, we hope that you will plan now to join us for some food, fun, and fellowship. Please plan to bring a side dish or dessert to share. Meat and drinks will be provided. And that uh, meat and drinks will be served in the supper time uh, era. It's not, we're going to rush, not rush out right after church. We'll be there in the cooler part of the day. Um, we have uh, good and happy news to share about the birth of some twins. Uh, Meredith and Bo Sims have had a, a very scary time. Meredith had an extremely complicated uh, pregnancy. Um, the twins were born by C-section eight weeks early this Friday over at Greenville Hospital. And Harper, Graham, and Olivia Kennedy Sims are in the neonatal intensive care unit, but doing very well. So we celebrate that with them and uh, can only imagine what it's going to be like to have twins uh, in the house. I think I'll go on vacation just thinking about that. That's a lot right there. Youth will be having their activities as usual this evening at 6.30 with supper and program to follow. Um, we have a lot going on in the life of the church and it's wonderful to be a part of an active fellowship like this. If you have your prayer cards uh, ready, um, we will ask you to raise them up so that our ushers can collect them and um, we will share your concerns in just a moment. Am I leaving something out? Not till after prayer. <laughs> Winging it this morning. <clears throat> Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, thank you for these precious little children who have led us as we have led them, who have taught us even as we were teaching them. And it is wonderful to see faith anew through the eyes of these children and to see their joy and enthusiasm and excitement 
and to remember that Jesus said we need to become like little children to enter the kingdom of God. May we follow their example this day and offer you our love and praise and that same sense of enthusiasm and joy that we have seen here this day. These are our prayers for this day. We pray We give you thanks for good news about a job for a husband and a son-in-law. We pray for troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones. We pray that you would continue to bless and to be with Neil Weiss and his family. We pray for health for Betty Foster, David Lanier, Nancy Kiefer, Neil Weiss. We pray for safety for Tom Rishforth and his team in Afghanistan for health and healing for a brother-in-law, uh, Bill Jones. We pray for Richard Doyle, who has brain and lung cancer and starts radiation this week. We pray for healing for Mike Haas and Martha Gibson and Ken Taylor. We pray for Mike as the decision is made for the treatment of his returned cancer. We pray for someone's patience with their job and we pray for a family and for friends of Della Bell who passed away on Tuesday after a very long illness. Lord these are our prayers through Jesus Christ who has taught us to pray saying our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, I'll just make sure I wouldn't leave anything out. Go for it. Okay. Our scripture lesson is from Acts chapter 2 verses, uh, really the first uh, 20 verses with some omissions of some uh, 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 extraneously long, uh, not in very important words, uh, but beginning with uh, chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were, staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they ask, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you 
Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughter will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in these days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Here ends the lesson. If you've ever lived through hurricane force winds or a tornado, you know the sound and the fury of the wind. It does indeed sound like a freight train coming at you. The pictures recently on the news from Missouri, Alabama, and North Carolina remind us of what an invisible force like the wind can do. And it is invisible, by the way. What we see there forming that funnel is debris and moisture. The wind itself is uh, like the air, uh, clear, invisible. According to Acts chapter 2, the people on the streets of Jerusalem heard the Holy Spirit coming upon the 120 people that were gathered together in that upper room. And they said it sounded like a roaring of a mighty wind. Empowered and emboldened by their experience, these Christians burst forth from their prayer meeting out into the street, and their joy was so obvious, their excitement so powerful, that people thought they were intoxicated. The Spirit had given the disciples some new abilities, one of which was the ability to speak in the languages of all the nations uh, from around the Mediterranean so that people from those nations could hear for themselves the good news about Christ. Peter quieted the crowd and explained that they weren't drunk. It was way too early in the day for that. Somehow it seems like he could have given a better answer for us than that. But that's what he said. <clears throat> he explained that what was happening was a fulfillment of a prophecy in Joel. That God had taken step number one toward his goal of pouring his spirit out upon all of us. And that that outpouring would be available to those that were gathered there on the street. And to those who were far away, even those of us far removed by years this gift was to be for all people that God has called to himself. Here, nearly 2,000 years after that day of Pentecost, our understanding of the Holy Spirit is not a whole lot clearer than that of the people on the streets of Jerusalem that day who wondered what was going on. What does the Holy Spirit mean? We don't usually have difficulty visualizing the fatherhood of God, God the Father, creator of everything. We can imagine that if that God wanted to really communicate with us, he would become one of us and live among us. That makes some sense. <clears throat> but when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we get a little bit confused and fuzzy in our thinking. 
like the Ephesians in Acts 19, we say, we haven't heard much about that and we don't know much. The only ones who talk a whole lot about the Holy Spirit are TV preachers and pastors of Pentecostal churches and from them you get their particular slant on the subject, one that is slanted in the direction of their particular denominational understanding. And so it seems that one of the needs in our day is for historic churches like the Methodists and the Baptists and the Lutherans and the Presbyterians and the Episcopalians to rediscover our own understanding of the Holy Spirit. And I'm gonna to try to help you start that a little bit today. You see, the Holy Spirit is the person of the Trinity, the Godhead, that we encounter most intimately in our lives every day. As the modern affirmation of faith in our hymn book says, the Spirit is the divine presence in our lives, the one who reminds us of the truth of Christ. It is through the Spirit that Christ can live in our hearts. The Holy Spirit is also referred to as the Spirit of God or the Spirit of Christ because His activity is vitally connected with God's revelation and with Jesus' mission. When Jesus spoke to Nicodemus about the Holy Spirit, Jesus compared the Spirit to wind. In fact, the Greek and Hebrew word for spirit and wind are the same word, is the same word. What is it about the wind that makes it a useful metaphor to us about the spirit? <clears throat> well, they both are unseen forces, but their effects can be felt and seen. We all understand how the wind can make a 40 degree day suddenly feel like a 30 degree day because of something called wind chill. Our nation has seen the destructive force of high winds this spring, and that's another way we see the wind. In a similar way, the Holy Spirit can best be understood when we see what he accomplishes in our lives. If we know what the Spirit accomplishes for us, we can become aware of his workings in our lives. And by the way, I want to say to you that when I refer to the Spirit, I will generally use the pronoun he even though the Greek word for spirit is a feminine word, but the idea is not to convey maleness or femaleness, but personal. It's not, uh, you know, it would not be correct to refer to the spirit because that's like a force. This is a person of the Godhead, um, and so therefore I refer to the spirit as he. John Wesley taught that the Holy Spirit had three main tasks to accomplish in our lives inviting, assuring, and sanctifying. As for the task of inviting, the Holy Spirit is that drawing force, that by which God draws us to himself and we become interested in spiritual matters. In his notes on John chapter 14, John Wesley, the papa, the founder of the Methodist church, says that the Spirit's main task is to reveal the truth concerning Christ to us and to help us to receive Christ as Savior and Lord. Jesus taught that the Spirit would come to us to testify about Jesus and to convince us of our need for Christ. The Holy Spirit courts us, that's a good old-fashioned word, uh, on behalf of Christ, convincing us 
that we need this Savior. And so if you have come to embrace Christ as your Savior, you have experienced the Holy Spirit at work in your lives. When is it that the Holy Spirit comes to us? One of the gifts of John Wesley's theology to the Christian faith was his concept of prevenient grace. Wesley taught that every one of us was given a dose of grace at our birth because we inherited from our ancestors a, a leaning towards sin that the church has always called original sin. And so at birth, God counteracted that by giving us a dose of prevenient grace. God's Spirit is therefore always present with us to help us. According to Luke chapter 1, John the baptizer was filled with the Holy Spirit from the moment of his birth, and apparently so are we. There never is a time when we are not under the guidance and the influence of the Holy Spirit. Wesley came up with that term, provenient grace, to answer one of the long-lasting questions uh, in Christianity, and that question was, if original sin is true, and we have totally turned our backs on God and walked away from him, then how is it that we have the power to hear God speak to us and turn back to him? The answer is, God gave us that grace. It is something God has given us, a counteracting dose of grace, a grace that comes before all other things when we're born, and he equated that with our conscience. We can hear God's voice and return to God only because God gives us that ability. The Spirit is with us from day one, and baptism affirms that reality. So the first task of the Holy Spirit is to invite us to Christ, to convince us of our need for Jesus, and to teach us about Christ and his work on the cross. And if you and I have learned about Jesus, if we have acknowledged his lordship in our lives, we have felt the wind of the Spirit through our lives. The second work of the Spirit is to assure us of our salvation. It is one thing to know something in your head. It's quite a different thing to know something down in our hearts. Wesley knew his whole life that Christ was, was his Savior. He knew all the facts about Christianity and how Jesus had died to save us all. So much so that he became an ordained minister in the Anglican Church. But Wesley didn't have it in his heart, he admitted. And that assurance that God loved him was missing. In January of 1738, Wesley wrote in his journal, The kind of faith that I want is a sure trust and a confidence in God that through the merits of Christ, my sins are forgiven. I want that faith which no one can have without knowing that he has it. Pretty good. Wesley needed the spirit to bear witness with his spirit that he was a child of God, and he found that at a prayer meeting about a month later. Every one of us needs assurance and reassurance that God cares about us. The wife of a very busy executive complained to him one day. She said, you haven't told me that you love me in a very long time. The executive reached into his pocket, pulled out a calendar, and whipped back and said, It says on my calendar that on December 25th of last year, I told you then that I loved you. I will let you know if that condition ever changes. Well, most of us need a little bit more love than that. 
when you receive assurance that God loves you and that you're his child, you've experienced the work of the Holy Spirit. Most of us need that on a pretty regular basis, maybe daily. John Wesley also talked a lot about another work of the Spirit, and that is sanctification. He called it perfection, which is an unfortunate choice of words because perfection scares us all. Maturity would be a more accurate concept of what he was looking for. Christian maturity sounds like something we can all work toward and attain. You see, Martin Luther's emphasis was on justification by faith alone. Justification means that the judge has issued you a pardon, a not guilty verdict. But Wesley wanted more than that. He didn't just want a pardon. He wanted to be rehabbed. He didn't just want forgiveness of sins. He wanted to be victorious over sin. He wanted to be Christ-like. He wanted nothing less than purity of heart because he said the pure of heart may see God. The rehab, this perfecting, maturing, is known as sanctification. The Holy Spirit's work is to invite, to ensure, and then to move us toward maturity. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to give power to our faith. Someone has said that Christianity isn't hard for us by ourselves. It is impossible. Loving everybody, forgiving people, turning the other cheek, blessing those that persecute us, refraining from temptation and evil always, good luck with that by yourself. But what is impossible by ourselves is possible with God, for God enables this to happen. Imagine yourself as a field overgrown with weeds. That's a person without Christ. Now imagine that that field is being cleared of all that, uh, those weeds. That's salvation. But next, imagine that that field received good seeds, which in time began to produce good crops and bless many people. That's Christian maturity. That is sanctification. Wesley wanted you and me to be more than just a cleared field. He wanted to see Christ-likeness growing up inside of us. And if you ever see Christ-like virtues growing within yourself or someone else, and let me say it's always easier to see it in someone else than it is in ourselves. But if you see that, then you can see you will be seeing the work of the Holy Spirit in your midst. Inviting, assuring, sanctifying. Perhaps there are those here today who are being invited by the Holy Spirit to become disciples of our Lord. If so, say yes. You won't be dis disappointed. Perhaps others of you are in need of the assurance that God loves you. You need the witness of God's Spirit in your heart today, warming your heart, reminding you that you're a child of God. Perhaps others need to ask the Holy Spirit to sanctify you and move you on toward maturity to plant seeds of Christ-likeness in your lives. The Spirit is here today, inviting, assuring, and sanctifying. Amen. I invite you to stand now as we affirm our faith in God using the historic affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, 
who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated, and we will now ask our ushers to help us as we receive our morning offering. forgot to say this first week of August Jessica is leading a, a music camp and you'll be hearing more about that but you just need to, to talk with Jessica about that first week of August in the morning hours um, uh, working on a production that they can put on at the end of the week so uh, be looking for more information about that and before they sing their last song I just wanted to say a few words we actually had 72 little chefs here this week um, for our Shake It Up Cafe, so it was great to have so many kids here at our church. And also, 
there were a few people I forgot to thank earlier. I'm sure I'm still not going to get everybody. But not only did Joy do our artwork, she led our missions for the week and talked to kids while they ate their snack. And you'll see some of their mission work over here um, piled up against the wall. Um, and also posters with some of the missions that we sponsored this week, if you'd like to check that out before you leave. Um, Adam Wycliffe was our photographer for the week, and there are tons of pictures online at GreerChurch.com that shows you a lot more about what the kids were involved in this week. And Donald and Elaine Spearman helped out a lot in the craft room, so thanks to them also. And I'm sorry, I knew I was going to forget people. Wayne and Shaney Vafiatis were the greeters. They got the kids checked in and out every night, so thank you to them also. Twenty minutes, that light will come back on. Um, thank you, children, so very much. Uh, we look forward to other activities that include you this summer, and you'll come back and bless us again. And now, may you go forth. Please stand. May you go forth in peace, conscious of the wind of God's Holy Spirit, refreshing, reviving, and guiding you, giving you His leadership day by day. Amen.
great week.